this morning's Dharma talk from the monastery is titled Karma Action Cover Up. Karma Cover Up. Covering Up. Covering Up. Something is moving, covering it up. Something is moving, uh, literally covering it up or pushing it or shoving it away or even being aggressive with that form of ignorance in motion, which is aggression, but also covering it up by reinterpreting it. Looking at what it is instead of receiving it as it is, interpreting it. Well, it must mean, well, that must mean, well, that shouldn't be, that should be, that could be. Well, that may be, perhaps, sometimes, there it goes again. On and on, any kind of commentary on any movement is a cover-up. So what am I saying? Just be aware of that. If you reflect on it a little bit, you'll see that you don't have to be someone else. You can actually um, be part of the cover-up, so to speak, by not, don't interfere with it. The other way I was, was talked about this, and was, this is one of the talk titles that I came up with, and I got talked out of it. <laughs> I didn't get talked out of it. The other, other one is, don't miss your life. What do I mean? Don't miss your life. Don't try to be somebody or something that you're not. <clears throat> don't do anything unless you have to. If you if you can take a radical, minimalist kind of attitude towards things, just by not doing anything at all, this doesn't mean you won't eat or don't sleep. Or you won't. And if you're a meditator, if you're a practitioner, if you're a monk, or if you received uh, precepts, or if you've been meditating for a while and are committed to it, doesn't mean you won't meditate. It's part of your schema. But if you don't do anything unless you have to do it, have to act or do or cover up or manipulate or whatever, then any manipulation that is actually happening is gonna you're gonna be more clear about that. That's something you probably need to keep doing that because if you try to start stop it artificially or too soon or too quickly, and you can start to meddle with your own mind stream, then what does that do? That just fuels the self-centeredness, the narcissism, that aspect of the consciousness that thinks there is somebody that needs protecting, is somebody that uh, needs to be ignored, and is somebody that needs to be justified, explained, or elaborated on, or made excuses for, or making apologies. <laughs> apologies, we can get into another whole uh, month-long seminar on that. So don't miss your life. What, whatever is showing up, painful, difficult, threatening as that may be, insofar as you're able to, and saying that, I will add, add on to that. If you're meditating a lot, then you're training yourself to be on receive, to just observe what's showing up. Smell, taste, touch, <clears throat> think, whatever's happening. You don't have to stop your thoughts, although some traditions teach some kind of manipulation of the consciousness so that we don't think or something. If you want to do that, there are plenty of people to help you with that. I'm not one. Oh. Don't drop anything unless you have to, especially a hot coffee. Sometimes my uh, my uh, arthritis kicks in and tries to stop me from drinking coffee. It's just trying to help. <clears throat> So whatever is showing up in your mind stream, your life stream, your, your work, your family, your relationships, do as little uh, 
with that as possible. I'm not saying go overboard and totally ignore something that you, where you could prevent some kind of oncoming painful situation. But you have to be careful about speculating and validating that and have a, have a bunch of ad advertisements or propaganda about that that gives you permission to move into an area. You probably should mind your own business. Less is better. The, the mundane path is a powerful path of evidence and experience and accumulation and getting somewhere and understanding and validating this is true I'm, I'm actually getting somewhere mundane path seems to have a lot of just straight out cause and effect which is easy to work with whereas the spiritual path starts out that way when but then as we go uh, we actually leave the university altogether or as Kobanchino Roshi would say, the path of Zen starts at the top of the mountain and goes up. But first you have to get up the mountain. I had to drink that. Part of my karma. So going back to what I call a square one, which I go to over and over again, because it's easy to, to, for it to uh, slip away, or for us to uh, not, not be uh, clear about it, is you do not have to change or fix something. It's just necessary to see what it is deeply, and clearly. So then, if you, then if you see it deeply and clearly and you don't act on it or push on it or do anything with it, meddle with it, reinterpret it, uh, convert it into something else just because you can. Anytime we take something and show something, convert it into something else. Traditionally talked about this is called a uh, moving the cow's load to the ox. In other words, leave it where it's at. See it where it is. See what it is rather than Feel your self-centeredness might feel a little more comfortable if you can translate it into some other deal. This is called peekaboo without the boo. You don't have to laugh. Yeah, Onyo pointed out that's a cover-up. I need all the help I can get. Thank you. <laughs> so seeing again, going through it again, seeing the way we're covering up or refusing is is so. Uh, difficult to just do kind of radically. We just notice that we're pushing on that. We notice that we're pushing on that. But by doing that, if you do anything with it, if you try to stop it, I would, I would use the word prematurely. In other words, before you've fundamentally seen all the nuances, all the characteristics of this that are just around the corner or they're, they're trapped under the, under the, in the fender wells of whatever it is that's moving, whatever karma is coming. There's all kinds of hidden parts to that. You need to see that and how how do you do this? As you just watch, you just observe, you just receive. Be a receiver. When somebody comes to you and starts being upset with you about something, insofar as you can, uh, hold off on defending yourself or validating yourself as much as you can, and then uh, receive as much as you can whatever's coming from that other person or that situation, and then also receive what that triggers in your own mind stream of defensiveness. If you actually witness the defensiveness, witness even the anger about what somebody's saying or doing, but you don't, you don't, ro you don't rotate away from it through further discursive thought or rotate uh, into it by aggression or against the person. You don't hook up your vocal cords or your musculature or, or your, what's this called, your face musculature. Yeah, you don't go. See how bad that makes you feel when I scowl at you? But we're very effective. We were talking earlier today about, about just uh, how, how we look and how there's a deliberate, uh, some people uh, rarely smile. They're just kind of frowning all the time. 
Some people are smiling constantly. Let's see, who do we have that smiles? Sensu. She smiles. <laughs> Although I, I've seen her frown a few times, but it's usually when she's... It's usually more of a painful smile. Is her frown like... Her frame, frown, her, her smiles. Painful. <laughs> That's another kind. So the other way I would take this uh, by saying karma cover-up is something that arises. You're sitting, whether you're sitting, uh, and eventually sitting has to be done for a few years, maybe more, before you start to see the karma arising in the mind stream that, as it is, so that you can see the way you shut it down. Because someone who is not meditating, we all know them, they're all, all around, and some of them are incredibly, incredibly intelligent, insightful people. But without mind training, without some kind of a, of a softening or relaxing, or you could even say, if you want to take it the other way towards the idea of prajna, some kind of sharpening of that which sees, that which receives. Eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. That's what, which is receiving those in, in, in their raw state without any addition, any interpretation, any translation into something else in order to protect us a little bit from the intensity of what is arising out of our own uh, karmic dispensation from the 13th century. Am I joking? Not very much. Finding the source of something is relatively easy, but ultimately impossible, even though it's talked about. She's on bowing. Is that which is being covered up, does it have a texture or any characteristics we can perceive? If, if you're noticing the texture of something, then you're still receiving it. So you're still receiving, and and if you if you look at the texture and then you abandon, I'm going to say it this way, the texture for what it means, or what you think it is, or how to handle it, how to react, how not to react, is it right, is it wrong, and all those things, then you've left the texture. If you're with the texture, you won't know what it is. Uh, I think another way of asking that would be, is there something beneath what, is there something being covered up? When you talk about a cover-up, karma yes. cover-up, I'm wondering if there's something actually under there, underneath the cover-up that is has characteristics. Yes. What is what is beneath the cover-up? That's the actual uh, prachija samapada. That's the actual dependent origination. That to say it in a, uh, a literal way, you got coming. You, you have this coming. In other words, it's part of dependent origination. This, this, uh, this. If it's happening, it's, it means it needs to happen. It's dependently arisen. It isn't something you've done right or done wrong or ignored. It just needs to occur. Am I responding in a way that is helpful, or do you have further questions? Is there any perceivable distinction between the texture of the cover-up and the texture of what's being covered up? <coughs> That, that is an area where, uh, sometimes called discriminating awareness wisdom, it's that which sees the differences in things but doesn't conclude anything about anything. It doesn't have a, it doesn't come in and have a, an alternate value of this is more valuable than that, or this works that doesn't, that kind of uh, <clears throat> mentality of calculating and figuring out and trying to get ahead, kind of some kind of highfalutin spiritual materialism. <clears throat> so the textures may be, they may be very similar. They may, they may even look the same. Is it still relative truth covering up relative truth? If, you, if you're aware of it, yes. 
but you don't do anything with it. You don't make yourself into a better person or a more enlightened or more aware person who no longer covers anything up. There isn't anyone to have that accomplishment. That may occur and it may not. Pardon me. When I think of a cover-up, it my first impulse is that, well, I need to see what's being covered up. Like, that's closer to the truth. And I'm wondering if, if there's any sense of differentiation between the cover-up and what's being covered up as far as clarity. Do we need to see what's being covered up? Ondoba is the distinction there um, awareness versus thinking? I mean, when, we, when there is a cover-up, is it always thinking, Bowing? Um, there's a quality of the thought process kind of joining in, and but the, the, the cover-up, uh, well, would come out of some kind of fear of being obstructed, fear of something we can't handle, fear of something that shouldn't be that is threatening to our fundamental safety. So being, and that could be anything from actual physical safety to someone you know, what, taking our inventory on something that we did or they did that, or that, that they, we did or what we said that people don't like or think that we're wrong. People don't want to be wrong. So what originally shows up is out of dependent origination. Yes. And the cover-up is out of dependent origination. It is. More. So, where do we leave awareness in that? Where do you what? Mm, that's not a good question. Yeah. <laughs> do we leave awareness? Uh, so, uh, that's, that's a good question. It's just uh, difficult to respond to in a conceptual way that doesn't also abandon what is what uh, what is uh, endeavored to I am endeavoring to point to difficult to point to something that's not something uh, we have to just keep pointing at things that aren't something and uh, wait for an opening that seems to be between two people between a, a group of people the Buddha the Dharma and the Sangha that structure what is being pointed at pardon me what is being pointed at is uh, doesn't have a uh, pardon me. Doesn't have a a substantial uh, status to it as something. Even if you call it awareness, it's it's a, a way a conceptual way of talking about something. We're not even sure what it is. But we we realize we know that there's an aspect of consciousness. Like uh, when I look at you or I look at anyone, there's a quality of receiving what that is. Not not just a, uh, necessarily just a. Junshu, but also uh, how she looks and how she has her hands and receiving all of that all at once through vision. And then at the same time you're receiving that, you're receiving everything else in the room. Maybe it has a, a secondary quality because there's a focus here, but you don't, you're not really missing anything else because you're not tightening down on something to control it, tightening down on something to understand it in a relative way. You're just receiving it. And to just receive it to the self-centered mind, the ego mind, this can be a little scary because it's a, what's the name, the common name for this is agoraphobia, too much room, not enough knowing what's going on. Just This is when we really get affected. You can tell when there's too much room, conventionally, when you're, when you're affected by a person's expression, like if they don't smile, when you're smiling and they're not smiling. What does that mean? Are they upset with me? Do they have a stomachache? They have some bad news that I don't know about, that they're about to... I mean, we speculate, speculate. We abandon what's there 
<clears throat> out of some kind of trepidation or fear or insecurity or something that is, is no more safe than anything else. But but we settle for we settle for that for that position. People with no mind training who are <clears throat> who are intelligent and you know for the most part uh, will will buy into things like political situations and just opinions and judgments, belief systems. It's just safer to just believe in something and have other people around you all say, yeah, yeah, we, this is what we, you know, uh, uh, praise Geronimo. Some kind of agreement uh, among people to support, just like they do in our, in our, in our politics today because of the incredible um, communications uh, technology that's come about. Everybody, as Andy Warhol said many years ago, everybody's going to get to be famous for 15 minutes. And some people, because of the nature of the dependent origination that shows, us, shows up as any given individual, sometimes they get a lot more in 15 minutes. And then there's all the other people who pile on who want that kind of security. When I say that kind, it's not like they say, hmm, do I want this kind? Of, it's like the, their own karma uh, comes up in response to, to that, just like... If I smile at you, then that's the cause and effect on a very uh, primary level that happens right at that time, regardless of what you, how you respond, if there's any obvious response or not. <clears throat> so karma that arises, just, just like the shape of your ears, you don't really think, mm, I need this kind of ears or those kind of ears, and I need, need to be this uh, um, you know, sexual orientation, or I need, I want to be... This or that. We don't have a lot of uh, choice as far as we know. There might be some dynamic going on too that going on that when we're a living being that we might not really realize that we've kind of put ourselves in this situation. That's a possibility. But some people talk about it that way that we we're choosing all this. So not so sure about that. But what I am pretty sure about is karma arises as this, whether it's your body mind complex or your mind stream, out of causes and conditions that are pretty much untraceable. I mean, you can trace somewhat, but you can't get any particular result because it's too complicated. The tributary streams flowing in the darkness. I mean, that's enough said. Let's just stay at the mouth of the river where, where, where there's one simple situation, which is your life. You're here. Don't miss your life. Uh, don't cover up the karma. I know you can't help cover up karma. I do it. Uh, but it's about seeing it. I see it all the time. I witness it all the time. Just because there's some kind of understanding has come about where, where I'm able to sit in front of people and people give me the benefit of the doubt for an hour or for the rest of their life. That doesn't mean something else. It means exactly that. Yes. Shadow bowing. Is the karma a cover-up? Always. Anytime there's any... Go ahead. Shadow bowing. What's the karma covering up? Uh, Buddha nature. We're having a smiling and frowning contest. I smile, you frown. You smile, I frown. Even Bodhidharma was transmitting the Dharma with his Bodhi smile, his reverse smile. Yes. Did you? Question from Shane in Virginia. Shane in Virginia. How's the church coming, Shane? More coats. Huh? He has one goat. I wonder if he has more goats. Is that a breed of goat? More, more goat? I don't. You would know. I don't know. 
Okay, Shane, let me have it. Or don't you? You say sometimes it's not about getting anywhere. If it's not about overcoming the karma you're born with, then what's important about seeing your struggle? Uh, if you if you see if you see and receive uh, what is arising, and you don't do as little with it as possible, and just unreceive, then you don't add to the spinning quality that aspect of the karma uh, whose energy is dependently arisen. It's called, this causes that causes that. This happens and that happens. This happens and that happens. This happens. Uh, simply put, so the idea there is to uh, to see that deeply and see the karma, and see that the, the quality that arises with the karma uh, is uh, the sense of being somebody who's having some experience in some place at some time with some environment of people, and, and feeling that there's some kind of fundamental reality to that. So therefore we get sucked into that. So the idea with awareness practice is to watch the karma come and go, and realize, and this is, I'm going to put this very simply, this isn't going to particularly help you by dwelling on this or thinking about it, but that which is seeing it is not doing anything. That What's happening is all this commotion is going on. That which is seeing it is not doing anything. And that which is being seen is that which is uh, a, the same thing that is being seen is the same thing that is observing it. But that's not something, that's not a leap you can make intellectually, although people occasionally try to do that. And, and if they're quite intellectually gifted, they're able to squeeze the ideas and the concepts in such a way that it actually produces a uh, cheesecake. Manufacture the idea around it and do it in a way that's pretty damn smooth and sophisticated and tasty. But I would say, <clears throat> look at what's moving, watch what's moving. No more warfare, just receive, just receive. And when you can't receive, then then, then receive the way that some aspect of the consciousness is continuing to, continuing to push, blaming someone, blaming oneself, generating propaganda around something. Realize it directly. It takes time. It takes persistence. It takes um, holding everything still that you can without struggle. Sit down, hold still. Watch the continued uproar in the mind stream. And don't, don't meddle with it. Don't refuse it. Again, don't refuse. Uh, don't agree. And don't obstruct. And when you endeavor to do that, then your clarity about how much that continues to happen uh, shows up. You start to realize that how much you're obstructing, you're pushing. And that's where the awareness of the way the mind is operating the way the whole uh, illusion of separation starts to show up. And so just by watching that, watching the illusion, then that which is observing, which is not separate from what is being observed, um, catches on. Put it simply. Okay, I'll put it difficultly. Uh, tries to catch on, but can't. But by realizing it can't catch on, then it knows what this is. But it takes time. It takes persistence. As far as I'm concerned, I'm very biased. It takes uh, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. It takes some kind of a structure that covers those areas. Uh, someone who can function as a mentor, or someone you can give the benefit of the doubt to. Don't believe anybody. Don't believe me. 
Don't disbelieve, don't believe, don't look away. Those are the three poisons again. <clears throat> Just receive. Receive from the teacher, receive from the Dharma, receive from the Sangha. Further questions? Sangha Sano. How do you just receive when you're feeling that pain of being at rock bottom, Sano Bari? Just receive the rock bottom. It's, that's a concept about uh, end of the road kind of feeling. So there's that, what is the assumption there? That there's some kind of a road, that something, something shouldn't be stopping, that you should keep going. No, actually, what you're seeing is a concept about what is there. And it's a cover-up. Rock bottom is, I'm not saying that doesn't have its validity in some ways. That, that is used in the 12-step in programs. A fairly effective way to help people do what? Stop using drugs. It's not, it's not, they're not going to particularly get enlightened, but they might be able to live a sober life. So it works relatively, extremely well from what I've seen. More, Sanho? Sanho Bowing, do we do something with that angst? Do we try to rebuild? Sanho no, Bowing. No, no. No, just, just see the shambles. Just witness. Just observe. Just the Buddha, if I step into that area, I'd say the Buddha saw impermanence and he saw suffering. And he saw no self. He saw it. He didn't necessarily think it, although he might have spent some time thinking it too. He saw this and he realized who he was, realized his true nature. At the same time, he didn't abandon what was the karma that was coming forth. Shoshi Bao. Shoshi. Right. Is, is, uh, is karma Buddha nature? Yes. why it's a spiritual path. It looks very mundane as we go along. We're put upon by very mundane concerns. Everything from our health, to our relationships, to our job, to our, our society, the insanity of, uh, of what is commonly called civilization. This has been going on and going on. It's circular. That You can have the really good, wonderful people who are successful and get ahead and everything works and they have a, a government that works for 18 years and then the whole damn thing collapses. Rather than say, why does that happen, and come up with some kind of a solution, say, what is that? Make it a what question. And so when you look at Buddha, uh, Dharma, Sangha, or you look at, at karma, you look at delusion, and see that delusion is not separate from Buddhahood. That dog has the Buddha nature. All dogs have it. Yes. Carol Bowling, are we doing something um, that makes karma and Buddha nature function separately? For a while. And those are descriptions of something. 
Buddha is the, from the Sanskrit uh, Bud, which means awake. Someone Buddha, someone who is awake. What are they awake to? There isn't anything else. They awake, awaken to. They awaken to that nothing is separate. Instead of being asleep in separation, they awaken to. Simply put, no separation. What was the other part of it? In karma. Excuse me. What about? Shiva bowing. I had asked if karma is covering up something, and you said Buddha nature, mm-hmm. and then to show she's, you said <clears throat> that they're not two different things. And they're not, but you have to see it. You can't really, if you think about it, then you get kind of tangled up in, you know, in right and wrong, or who's who's right about, you know, what's how's it, who how you know. But if you see it, you might not be able to put it into words, but you're not confused. You're only confused if there's two things. Right and wrong. And that's very, very confusing. The whole world is running on right and wrong, correct and incorrect. People make a living out of that. Or they get paid. Go ahead. Does just looking at the karma reveal that it's Buddha nature? There's no guarantee. Uh, can't guarantee it, but looking at something, uh, if you look at something, investigate something, look, receive what is there, receive what is there. Receive, don't pry into it, don't dig into it, because then it doesn't have that kind of a nature. It's manifesting itself right now. You have to see it right now, but you might have to practice looking at a wall for 30 years, hopefully only 27. I wasn't that lucky. I'm very slow. I never saw it. More? Sure, about when it, like with that, that it could take decades and it probably will. How how should we relate to the practice when it looks like there's still so much left to do? Just, this is why you have a vow. Just return to the vow. The vow, the vow, the vow to be with all things. Refuge in the Buddha is an example of somebody who seems to understand something. Teacher. Refuge in the Dharma is everything is dependently arisen. Nothing comes from its own side as an individual being or self, even though the illusion is incredibly powerful. It's just running the world. Me and them guys, uh, right and wrong. I'm right, they're wrong, or I'm terribly. They're right, and I'm. The polarities are emphasized in order to control and have power and have whatever. So just persist. Return to your vow. You're a monk, you live in a monastery. The whole structure of this is to help you return to uh, return to the Buddha, return to the Dharma, return to the Sangha. Every time you sit down on a cushion, uh, you were doing that this morning, during the morning service. Actually, you were the dawn, I believe. So you were leading that whole thing. Other people were, you, know, you were leading, some days you lead it, sometimes you, sometimes you don't. And we go through these sutras in order to have some, <clears throat> give this uh, practically invisible body a backbone. It's invisible because you can't find a reference point in it. The Buddha's Dharma is awake, not separate. So therefore, you need the sutras. You need repetition. You need to return to the wall. When I say you need to, you can do whatever you want. But if you're listening to me and you're considering what I'm saying, it might be helpful to you in your life, then I would say train your mind. Don't, don't settle for your just your thought patterns. Right and wrong, up and down, correct and incorrect. See what it is fundamentally. Not why it is. Why will take you in a circle. Why? Well, because. Why is that? Well, because of that. Why is that? Because of that. But what? What is it? 
whatever shows up, don't settle for that. Continue to look at what shows up. And if you don't push it, if you don't agree with it, success. If you don't disagree with it, whatever, success or failure. If you have no, take no position on it, then it, it eventually it just uh, becomes, uh, to use a conventional word used in, in the arts and so on is minimal. Minimal. It's a minimal. You're minimalizing everything, not by in terms of value, but just in terms of form. Just whatever shows up, do nothing with it. Don't add, don't subtract, don't divide. And when you when you if you're listening to that, then you'll notice how you keep interpreting, you keep interpreting. And then don't interpret the interpretation. You know, pretty soon you've got layers of layers of <coughs> like a thick as a dictionary. Are we still missing our lives if we have yet to awaken, but we're endeavoring to practice? No. You may not be particularly missing your life as a way of teaching. You can't really miss your life. But it's a way of teaching about it so that you can see, so you can stop fighting with your life path. Trying to be someone else. This doesn't come around and turn around and validate being a, uh, a mean person or a gangster or someone who trades in uh, humans. It doesn't validate anything, nor is it, does it validate it towards the spiritual path, particularly good form. Thank you. One question from Bobby in Florida. Is just receiving blocking my rational mind from contemplating others' opinions? That's pretty clever, Bobby. Coming all the way from Florida, <laughs> um, to some extent, I would. I think that your your the insight you're having, are, which causes that kind of a question to arise, there's something to that. But I wouldn't add to it. I wouldn't validate it. And if it starts to drop away uh, somewhat and get weak, just watch it. If it starts to get stronger, just just observe. Don't give it any fuel. No nutrition. The best thing you can do for your mind is to observe. How do you do that? Slow everything down you have a say-so about. Sit down, hold still, and watch the mind continually continue to arise. And the way it's arising in your area there, uh, I would say, uh, I wouldn't do much with that. What I would do something with is, uh, if you're getting engaging in conversations with people, about anything, I would cut back to a uh, 90-10. In other words, talk 10% of the time, receive 90. It'll help you a lot. A comment from Shane. The church is going well. I built a fence around it, and I'm getting ready to paint it. The goat, well, I sold it to an Arab guy for a Ramadan feast. I'm looking for a pygmy for you, though. I'd rather have a goat. Yes, so grand. Can we somehow encourage the karma that leads to training the mind? Bowing? Yes. Yes. Look at the the karma that brought you here. Just encourage that you you're fully ordained as a monk, and you have a daily practice, and you relate to the the teaching person. You relate to the teacher. You relate to the studies, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, and at the same time you. You relate to your career as an acupuncturist, so you 
I think you're, I'm not saying you couldn't do more. You've already done, what have you done, one retreat this year? One retreat. And you're getting ready to do another one. So, um, but that doesn't mean that everybody should do what you're doing. People should need to do whatever they're, there's no way to, we're not going to correct anybody that, even though I'm, my idea about it is I think the world, whole world should be a monastery and everybody should be fully ordained and they should all do what I say. And what have I say? Train your mind. <clears throat> I don't need any followers. I just need, I just need, uh, what do I need? Have I told you lately what I need? Have I told you lately that I love you? Have I sang it? Do you want me to sing it? No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't trick me in <laughs> Do it pretty good by not doing that, not intoning anything. So, further, Sokaran? Sokaran Valley. So, by doing more of something, more karma will then, or more action in that direction will be developed? Bowing. You, know, you could call it developed. I think the important thing to that we're looking at here is to try to be aware of what this is, what this is. and the the path leading to that has a provisional area where we're dealing with the, the, the noble truths, the eightfold path, the links, and uh, and all of the different conceptual ideas that show how consciousness and forms moving in consciousness, uh, what what the uh, the whole. Uh, protocol or dynamics of karma, how that works uh, as far as the, the uh, understanding of the, the Buddha's Dharma. So, so it's just a matter of, there, there could be some developing, but we aren't on a path of developing anything. We're on, we're on a, a path of seeing, we're on a path of seeing what this is. There's even, uh, the uh, Buddha Dharma is broken down into the five paths, which I don't particularly use that because the, the conceptual uh, Stickiness is really strong there. I use uh, uh, some teachings, but that that one has to do with part of that is the path of seeing, the path of meditation, the path of no more learning, and the path of no more le learning is is laid out uh, in a specific way that I, I I don't say I think it's wrong, but I just I just don't want to use that to, that structure. I'd rather use the the, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the three jewels, the five skandhas. Or use uh, the uh, uh, the three natures, or the five dharmas of the Lankavatara Sutra. Those those I can use, and also the thirty verses of uh, Vasubandhu. Those are those are strong concepts, but they support the way I uh, teach or the way I present what I understand. So, further question, Ms. Ogren. So, Glenn Bowing, I guess I'm curious on if we want to be closer to the Dharma, is there some way of creating the cause that will lead us in that direction? Yes. Stay in touch Bowing. with yes, There sure is. Stay in touch with the teacher. Even if the teacher dies, stay in touch with that idea. You don't necessarily have to get a new teacher. If one show, shows up, it'll be choiceless. It's, uh, without the teacher, there is no dharma. There is no sangha, and the teacher is also a sangha member. And the, the is that helpful, or am I missing your the intent of your question? No, it's 
Perfect. Thank you. Bowing. Act fundamentally, all you need is the teachers. It's a, a living, a living, not not that I'm, this is a press release from this old man, but it's just that the person who's living it, and I make no claims. You can take a look, and if you, if you give me permission, I'll help you. If you have doubts about it, do something else. You might not be too happy talking to me. Bowing. Um, I had to paraphrase a little bit, but I think you said um, like if the te even if the teacher passes, still relate to that idea. Mm -hmm. um, how does that show up for you as the teacher? My teacher hasn't gone anywhere, if that's what you're asking me. Uh, the trunk of Rinpoche's body disappeared in 1987, but, there, but nothing changed for me. I mean, I didn't I didn't live with him, I didn't hang out with him. Some people have, and their experiences are, will probably be different. I think it was best that I didn't stay there. I needed to really work on my mind and not, not uh, live with a teacher. Other people needed to do that. So there's no right or wrong, it's just, I would say, what I would say to you is keep your distance, but if you come this way, I'm all about you. But if you get too close, this could be get more difficult a lot quicker. That's what I was frightened of. Because I knew I had a lot of work to do, and when I thought about getting around uh, Trumper Rinpoche, uh, it just frightened me. So I couldn't. Unlike other people, uh, Daniel, I don't know if he's here today, but he's someone who lived with the Vidyatra. So different kind of situations. Some people are, excuse me, some have, some people the karma shows up that way. With me, I was terrified. I mean, even I had I forced myself to have four interviews with him. It was terrifying. Scary because I because my my ego my identity threatened and I just did it anyway. I'm not sure how I got the whatever you call it guts to do it, but I did. I think it's because I'm stubborn. Each person is so different in that way. So you're here. You're a monk. You're in. You're in this place. And I'm nothing like Trungpa. I'm nothing like Coben. But I needed to meet Coben to because. <laughs> I just needed, I needed that other dynamic coming from another direction. I needed two sandals, uh, one on the side of my head and one right, right on my nose. Coben was close enough, he was able to punch me a good one. How do we stay close to you when you pass? Relate to what this is rather than who this is. What is this? What is this? What is it? I don't know. Find out. Find out. Don't settle for an answer. Find out who it is fundamentally. If you see something else, you have work to do. If you see somebody else, you have work to do. And what is that work? Watch what moves until you see what it fundamentally is and see that really what this is is not moving. I mean, sure, there's things moving. Here's some movement. This is moving. That's moving. And when they come together, what else moves? I would call that uh, uh, the birth of sound. <laughs> this is the man. This is the man. No, that's a girl. That's a woman. Whoops, slipped. I'm not supposed to say girl, right? Yeah. Did you?
you shake your head yes? I'm supposed to say girl? Oh, no, I'm not supposed to say girl. Okay. I'm in training. What do you think? Bounty. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Shoshi. What do you think? Okay. What, what should I say? Girl or woman? Yes. Okay. That's why I keep her around. <laughs> She's very positive. Go ahead, Shoshi. Yeah, can, can you clarify again for me? I know I've asked you this before, but what, what is karma? Just action. It's the apparent. It's the apparent separation of one thing from another, from another. Like the apparent separation of of this uh, and space. Moving. This is moving in space. It's action. Something is action. It's moving. And and the mind stream is action. Its thoughts are coming and going and rising and falling away. And dreams come and go. Everything comes and goes and comes and goes. And some of it is is uh, some of it is uh, soothing. You know, nerve ending. Someone, you know, a feather across your forehead is going to feel pretty good, but uh, a number 11 exacto knife blade with a little bit of pressure on it is not going to feel so good. It, simple example, but it, that's motion, and it's about observing the motion. Observing, uh, you can't observe motion, you can only observe that which moves, and if you have that which moves, then you have to have some kind of a background to compare it to. So just, just con continually to look continue to receive what is moving until you become more and more and more, more and more and more and more radical. So you, for coming from the word radix, which means the root, even the root is still, there's still a plant there, but it's actually beyond the root. So the attitude is radical, which will take you, take you beyond the radix. It's just the nature of this to do that. It's not because you have some kind of magical wand. So she well, What does the karma have to do with the three poisons? Well, that's how they, that's how they are, how, how they show up. Uh, passion is grasping, wanting something, greed, lust, and then aggression or hatred or uh, desire to get rid of some horrible, terrible, disgusting situation or person or whatever. And then when neither one of those works, uh, in some kind of controllable or result-oriented way, then we tend to just block down or lock down and we just don't look at it. We go take a nap. Or we douse ourselves in kerosene. Or we, uh, or we drink uh, alcohol or take some kind of uh, something to alter our, our, our sensorium in some way to, so we don't have to deal with that. Now it's just more interesting to just be in some kind of opium den. And I'm not saying that is bad. It's just a way of working with the, with the senses that are already there to manipulate in such a way so that we don't have the experience that the Buddha pointed at was life is suffering. As far as we know, the first words out of his mouth was life is suffering. The cause is wanting something else, simply put. You can take that little phrase there, desire, uh, desire or, or uh, uh, suffering or dissatisfaction or distress or or depression, or, 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 or all of the different ors, uh, and that kind of a boat, it just, it's going to sink because it's so, it's so defeated. But there's no one who is defeated. There's just karma. There's just causes and conditions. You have to, and when I say you have to, my, my uh, qualification there is always, you know, do whatever you want. But if you're listening to me, and you're interested in this path, it seems necessary, I think it is necessary to watch the movement of even the depression, even the anger, even the, the grasping, without interfering based on some idea of getting better and not being a grasping person or not being angry or not being 
ignoring. You have to watch that. You have to be the Buddha. This is what the Buddha did. He saw confusion. He saw desperation. He saw depression at his own. Uh, did he get rid of it? I don't know. He saw that it was dependently risen, and he saw that, that he was not separate from that. And he, what did he awaken to? Not separate. So therefore, this is where the idea of delusion and, and, uh, and enlightenment are not two, or sentient beings and Buddhas are not two different things. Go ahead, Kozan. Kozan Bowen, there are a couple of messages in the chat box. Okay. Thank Katie you. has a question. She said, how does one receive when their family is in crisis? Um, is this from Katie? Yes. Yeah, Katie, uh, just uh, just take it a step at a time. Uh, you're Just to be able to come on here and ask that question, uh, I would say just do the best you can. And, and some of that may be noticing how you have to shut down at times because you've got this crisis going on and you just can't. Uh, don't torture yourself and try to live up to an ideal of being the perfect receiver. Receive a little bit. Don't overdose on anything, especially on your family. No matter what's happening, and I'll, I'll repeat it, no matter what's happening, your family, my family, everybody's family is dependently risen. It's, a, it's an incredible illusion that has us by the by the short hairs and is tugging us this way or that way and threatening us with more suffering if we don't do this, do that, shut down this, agree with this. Sit a lot, spend a lot of time on the cushion, sit down, hold still, watch the movement of the mind so when the body-mind complex gets a, a the human being gets off the cushion and you interact with the, with the stress and struggle that's going on in your family, which I'm not making light of what you're going through, because I've heard a little bit about it already, but that everybody's going through some kind of situation, maybe not this week, but next week, maybe not uh, next week, but three months ago, when when their when their heart's desire died. So what am I saying? Just observe. Don't miss your chance. This is a terrible passage in life that you're going through with your family. And I would say just do the best you can. There's nothing to correct. You're here. You're asking me a question. So you give me permission to speak to you as directly as I can. There's nothing to correct. This doesn't mean it won't suck. Kozan. Kozan Boeing. Sheldon has a question. He asks, is the existence of objects karma? The belief in them. The belief, I mean, it's not that this isn't solid, but it's relatively solid. Uh, this same thing in a dream might make a sound. It might look like wood, but it's a dream. So if there are different levels of it. The objectivity is the, the when consciousness shrinks down into an extremely low, low vibration, it's called granite. When it goes into a higher vibration without leaving this particular realm, it's called incense smoke. It's still something. It just has a different frequency to it. This is all over. And this, when we, when we, uh, if you notice, when you fall asleep, you don't really know the second you fall asleep. You, you don't really, and you don't really realize the second you uh, wake up from a from a, a sleeping all night. That there's something about that transition from one. Uh, 
level of consciousness, sleep or dreaming, or for that matter, uh, the intermediate state or the, that space, the so-called space between lives, which is probably not all that spacious. So yes, objects are, are lumps of karma. The only person that laughed was Unyal. Do you know something those guys don't? Kevin Bowing. Yes, Kevin. You mentioned that trying to look back to why something happened is not particularly helpful looking back up the tributary stream. How is looking back at lineage different than that? We're not looking back. It's right here every morning at about 7.15 every morning, every weekday. It's right here, lineage. Lineage, excuse me. We, just like when you or I say, I take refuge in the Buddha, take refuge in the Dharma, take refuge in the Sangha. Don't even know what it means. Don't need to. Just We need some kind of a form, an expression form, a physical form. Uh, thought uh, images and so on. We need we need to have something to train us to see that which we are terrified of, and that's which we go to war with. And it's uh, it's illusory. It is an illusion. You're, there are the the chains that uh, tie you up. Whether it's uh, whether it's my feelings, the feelings I might have in the morning when I first wake up of being um, tired of being old having aches and pains or whatever it may happen, or uh, anybody else who's having a difficulty that's more threatening, life-threatening uh, in your family, like the situation with uh, Katie was uh, talking about. Just as, insofar as you can, receive as much as you can, and part of that receiving is to see the way you can't quite receive it. Just to see the negativity, see the, the way we keep stopping it, so that you can re realize your true nature. You can realize this when you're alive, but that doesn't mean you're gonna feel like a feel like some kind of a saint, or you're you don't have any physical pain anymore. Or you don't have any uh, any uh, uh, um, uh, garudas and dragons flying through your mind stream. You might have more of them. You might have had had them all along, and now you you can't stop anything. Now you're at the mercy of of, of everything. You're you're at the mercy of everyone's karma. You no longer are show up as an individual, although you may still uh, you know, eat too much or not eat enough or get heartburn or have difficulty with your with your foot, with your ankle. The relative world is always saying, "Well, you're here, and this is this is what's happening. And you need to, you need to, you need, you should do this, you shouldn't do that." It's uh, confusing. <clears throat> Sheldon has a follow-up question. He asks, if objects exist that are not perceived, are they still karma? Uh, well, Sheldon, you're turning into a regular philosopher down there in, where is he at, Union City? Is he in Union City? Yep. Yeah. So what does he want to know, Sheldon? be easier to answer that than your question. Where is he? Jason Bowen. Let me, uh, let me finish, uh, Jason, with uh, 
Sheldon's question here. I'm trying to get Sheldon, give Sheldon a hard time at a distance. So far, so far, no good. Not, no, I'm not succeeding. Go ahead, Sheldon. Spell it out so Kozan can read it. He says, I don't know. Just trying to get some clarity. Very good. Sit down, hold still, face the wall, and do a buttload of it. Do a lot of it. You know that. You've been listening to me for, what, a dozen years or something like that. And I say, over and over again, I say, schedule it, sit down, strike the bell, hold still, just observe. Go ahead, uh, Jason. If you, if, if one could uh, see the movement of all things everywhere at all times, would that be dependent origination? No. Is there any kind of reason or intentionality behind dependent origination? Yeah, probably not. There's no, there's no originator. This is a non-theistic approach to consciousness. Doesn't make it right. Just makes it uh, less complicated. Kevin, did you have a question? <clears throat> Kevin Bowing. Um, earlier, you said, "Don't translate." The, or don't transfer the cow to the ass or whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Close enough. What's the difference between not translating and transmuting or transcending bowing? Yeah. So I, I sometimes use uh, all of those, uh, transmuting. There's some of that happening, but it, it, it's too, that's such a crispy kind of uh, critter when it comes to concepts that you can that it will lock you into a particular idea of transmutation. And actually, if any transmutation uh, can occur, it will actually stop it because you're settling for a result. And transmutation is uh, uh, it's, uh, it, me, it's referring to the mutable aspect of, uh, of, of karma or of, uh, uh, of manifestation. Of, um, and so... Um, Transmutation, what was the other one? Uh, transcend, transcending. Transcending uh, is, a, is uh, I use that sometimes, you actually transcend this world without leaving it. So you transcend what, you, what happens to you, you, the attachments that you used to have to wanting this and not wanting that, those are still there, but you're no longer, there's no longer, the emotions are still there, but there's no longer, there's no longer someone who's making a demand on anything. There's no longer a being There's no longer a, an identity that believes the emotions that are coming and going or, or buys into them or cares one way or another. I sometimes say, I don't give a damn how you feel. It doesn't mean I don't love you and care for you, care about you and wish that I could take your suffering away. I would like that if I could do it. And I try to do it. But it means that I can't, I can't buy into that, that emotional dynamic that you're locked up in with some kind of relative pity or or a relative of what they call grandmother's compassion. Uh, true compassion is not an emotion. It is a movement that comes out of wisdom, which is not doing anything at all, and, and, and actually works with the distress uh, that Avalokiteshwar sees when she looks down from the sky and sees suffering, hears the suffering of the world. 
very comes down to a very relative thing. Fundamentally help somebody. And it can be any level of that right up to there not being anyone to help, including that. So I would Kevin, use... Sorry. Go ahead, please. Go ahead, please. Earlier you used the, word, the, the term mind your own business when it comes to your own karma. Yeah. Is that... Is that another way of saying to transcend the world without leaving it? Valid? Yeah. Watch what the neighbors are doing, but mind your own business. You know, watch what, what's happening in your mind, but mind your own business. Don't meddle with your own mind. Don't meddle with the neighbors, even though what's happening with the neighbors might trigger negative feelings. Or Another, another question from Shane. Shane. He says, it's a pygmy goat. It's still a goat. It's not for eating, though. How does one approach the supposed, supposed boundary between food and friends? Well, you don't want to eat your friends. That's, that's what he's asking. I, know, I think that's a very individual. If that's what he's... I'm not trying to be cute, but I'm just saying uh, if that's what's being referred to, you, you have a is that, is that what it sounds like he's talking about? Food and friends? Or is there something? Am I missing something? I'm very slow. Is that roomy? Oh, there you are. Yes? Um, a question from Kijo. Kijo. Asking about transmuting emotions. Vajrayana traditions particularly seem to explore this. But how does one distinguish between real transmutation and trying to avoid or deny emotions? So the way I would address this is don't do anything with them. Less is better. There's no transmuter. Vajrayana tradition teaches differently. It's not disagreeing with that. But if you want to study Vajrayana, go talk to a Tibetan Lama who's been immersed in it for a long time. So it's, a, it's just a different way of working with it. I'm saying you you do you can do this without a particular device, without a lot of whatever bells and whistles. Or uh, we do some mantras, but not a lot. We do some visualization, but not a lot. And sometimes uh, you can spend your whole life just visualizing, and and, and it actually becomes a a, a container for the, the issue rather than something that actually transmutes it. I'm just talking about my experience. Other people have worked with this in different ways, and they're probably in the, in the Dharmakaya somewhere. So, I think I just, the way it looks here, from doing this for a while, less is better. Sit down with your mind. Is it Kijo? No, sit, just sit down with your mind and just watch. Let's, let's become very radical. Let's come back to, insofar as we can, to the source of the mind. This takes a while to come back. And, and the amazing thing about it is all of the thoughts and ideas and patterns and, and hopes and fears and crap that has been flying in your mind since you were born doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't need to because you've seen that everything is dependently risen. Nothing comes from its own side as an individual thing or being. You see it. And so, therefore, you can fully and totally appreciate the, the incredible um, uh, display of the world, of phenomena, like watching spring, 
like watching your mind stream explode in all kinds of different ideas and directions, including the emotions, positive, negative, neutral, memories. Just observe. Just receive this incredible world showing up in your living room, on your television, in your mind. It is unreal. Don't believe anything I'm saying. You consider it, and you can train your mind to see the truth. So if you need to practice Tantra or Vajrayana, which I've done some of that, you won't be able to help it. This, this what I'm saying here won't, won't uh, click, won't, um, won't work. You might need some heavier, you might need a, you might need the actual erector set rather than the, just a box the erector set comes in. All I got is a, yeah, that's what I got. It's red. It says, what's the brand name of erector sets? Anybody know? We don't have any old people here. Okay, one more question and then we'll uh, hang it up for the day. At least that's what I'm going to do. How many people are on there? 20? 25. Any further questions? Okay, very good. Thank you. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.